Today we're talking about what happened in that Illinois matchup, the ups, the down, the pain. We're going to cover it all today, and then we're going to talk about where do we go from here in the final three games. And the Gophers men's hoops opener is tonight. We'll give you a preview coming up next. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. We're going to recap what happened in this Illinois game. What went wrong? Who is to blame for this loss that absolutely should have been a win? And then we'll talk about what remains for this Gophers football team in the final three games. What are we playing for at this point? Is there any chance of winning the West still? And so much more. And then finally, we'll do the home opener for the men's basketball team, which is tonight. We'll give you a quick preview on what to expect going forward. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the right people for your team for faster and for free. Post your job at for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college terms and conditions apply. So let's jump in. Be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube and follow wherever you get the podcast. But this weekend's loss was a a painful loss, right? When fans were starting to believe again, 26 rushing attempts, 22 passing attempts. It seemed like we were kind of finding balance on offense, at least in the first half. It was right on the money with a 50-50 split, basically, which is what we called prior to the game. But you go over the three phases of the game, special teams, defense, offense, there were lapses. There were moments where it's just like we forgot. We forgot how to be the team that has handled the situations before. We forgot the poise that we have been told about over and over and over again by this head coach. But special teams keeps making critical mistakes. A fumble on the opening kick return was demoralizing, and it essentially gave Illinois the ball to start both halves. Now, the Gophers were on defense. They were paying the price over and over and over again on third down, especially in that first half. Illinois started seven for seven on third down attempts. The defense could not get off the field, and they were burnt time and time again. They just couldn't get off the field in two of their first two touchdowns. Both of their first two touchdowns came on a third and long in the red zone. Both of those situations, this defense usually holds strong and forces a field goal, but not this weekend. Now, that was all demeaning in itself right away from the jump, but the Gophers were keeping it in gear. The offense was keeping up in the beginning of the game, and the defense started slow. Plain and simple. They were picked apart on the first two Illinois drives, and I was like, man, what is going on with this defense? This looks like the defense of the back half of Northwestern or some of the earlier games, the UNC game, where we were just getting picked apart. But on that third drive, the third Illinois offensive drive, the special teams comes up with a huge stop, a blocked field goal, and that lit the fire. From that moment almost until the end of the game, 
The defense went on seven of the next eight Illinois offensive drives without giving up a score. And that one score was on a big play to a running back on a wheel route that was blocked very, very well. But Tyler Newman got caught too far down at the lat as the last line of defense. So the running back had enough speed to bring that one home. That was the only blemish in eight drives after that third drive. So you're talking about a defense that got it together, a Cody, a Cody Lindenberg forced fumble that was perfect timing, a Tyler Newbin interception that was perfect timing, multiple sacks. I'm talking five sacks we got to the quarterback five times, a fumble, and the Gophers get Illinois on the 4th and 11 in their own territory on the 15-yard line with a starting quarterback injured one play to win the game. And it all went to crap. It all went to crap. Minnesota gets caught on their heels, up-tempo on back-to-back plays to the backup quarterback. Then they call a timeout to get set and still get caught on their heels again in a cover two. In the slot receiver, Isaiah Williams, second leading receiver in the Big Ten, splits the safeties, gets behind them, and ends up with a touchdown. The backup quarterback goes three for three for 85 yards and a touchdown. And Minnesota has 50 seconds to try to get back in the game, and it was no good pain anger disbelief sadness stress i understand it all a defense that forced five sacks three fumbles one interception and held a team to under 300 total yards prior to that final drive and then absolutely fell apart on the flip side the offense started out as possibly the best the offense has looked all season Ground game, air game, spreading it around, dimes, creation from the playmakers, yards after catch. We were moving the ball. I was impressed. I was in disbelief. I was ready to come on this show and give mad props to the coaching decisions in that first half for the offense. The run option play to Zach Evans showed some creativity, working Brev into space and letting him create, putting 50-50 balls for your guys to win. Jordan Newbin's patience. I was ready to come on here and absolutely show love. But then the second half happened. We got passive. We played to protect. We played timid and conservative. And even though we remained in the game with good defense, it kept this game close and it being close kept Illinois in the game for the knockout punch. PJ Fleck and your fellow Big Ten coaches know your tendencies. Plain and simple. No matter the change of playing callers, no matter three different OCs in the last three years, they know that if they can remain in the game in a one-score game, they have a chance at the end. They know that even when losing the turnover battle, if they play to stop the run in the short game, they can probably force three and outs and limit the damage. They know as soon as the scoreboard says second half and it's quarter three, that all they need to do is have the Gophers offensive drives get one set of early down behind the sticks. At one point in a drive, we could go eight plays within the drive, but if we get one beginning early down, a first down or a second down behind the sticks, a negative run play, keep forcing an incompletion, something to force them behind the sticks, then at one point they're going to be able to get Minnesota off the field because it becomes a little bit more predictable. We play conservative. 
Yes, there were plays that Minnesota could have made in this game. The players themselves could have made to make this a victory. Like not fumbling on the opening kick return. Like not getting excited and gunning the ball on a third and four hook route to your tight end. Like not dropping a touchdown ball in your hands after a huge forced fumble by your defense and then having to settle for a field goal. And I'm sure there is much more. But this one is on late adjustments by coaching and passive play calling. And the complete offensive shift after halftime because the only offensive drive in the second half where the Gophers got aggressive and they took a shot and they took a chance and they played to win was when they were down. And it was the only time the Gophers scored a touchdown in that second half because we're playing not to lose the game more than we are playing to win the game. And when you play to not lose the game, you are more likely to regret it. We did versus Northwestern, and we did against this Illinois team. And those two games are going to be the reason we most likely do not win the West. Again, in the final iteration, like we've seen year after year after year. It's painful. It hurts. It stinks. But we have to turn the page. We have to we have to move forward as this as a fan base, as a program. Everybody has to move on to the next one. So we're going to talk about the focus for the final three games of this season. That's what's coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company because Athletic Brews is the real deal. And it's time for your game changer of the week. Brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Now, much like Cody Lindenberg, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Cody Lindenberg is the choice for the game player of the week because he was the game changer for us. He had 11 total tackles in his first game back without a snap count. On top of that, one and a half tackles for loss and a clutch force fumble that helped Minnesota take the lead late. Now, Athletic Brews is the real deal. Like I said, they make their non-alcoholic brews take taste absolutely fantastic, but their brews not only taste good, they're award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, so you don't have to give up and just say, oh, well, I mean... I liked having the variety. I liked having the different styles and whatnot. You still get that with the non or the Athletic Brewing Company because they have 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden, sours, and much more. And best of all, no hangovers. So you should go over to athleticbrewing.com and you can take advantage of a promo code locked on for 15% off your first time order. That's right. You go to athletic athleticbrewing.com and use promo code locked on for 15% off your order. That's L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off your order at athleticbrewing.com athletic brewing company and athleticbrewing.com and near beer exclusions and conditions apply athletic brewing company fit for all times. All right, Govers fans. So there were some positives in this thing. Like I said, the beginning, the first half of this game, we saw maybe the best this offense has been with fluidity, with balance, with creativity. And the defense held strong for three-fourths maybe of this game. But 
how do we move forward? What do we need to look forward to in these final three games? Because at this point, Minnesota is likely not winning the Big Ten West without some massive help. In order for the Gophers to get back into this thing, if they win out and Iowa win, loses one game, then you're back in this thing. But that means you have to beat Ohio State. And a lot of people aren't giving the Gophers credit enough to beat Ohio State. So if you take that as a loss, you have to win the other two games and Iowa has to lose two straight games, or not two straight, but two games of their final three games. So you have to win two of your final three. Iowa has to lose two of their final three. It's a big ask for a team that's only lost two games on the year. Now, yes, their offense has struggled, but still they find a way to get it done. And their schedule isn't something that's crazy by any stretch because they've got Nebraska, which they could lose, Rutgers, which they could lose, and Illinois, who just showed and came out and beat us. So there is a chance Iowa could lose some of these games, but it is going to be tough because Iowa knows what they do best to win a ball game, and they find a way to get it done. Now, they didn't against the Gophers this year, and you know what? That's the first time in seven years that they haven't been able to figure it out. Usually, Iowa gets it done. So it's going to be hard to count two of the last three games as losses for them. So at this point, Minnesota has to take it on a game-by-game basis because clearly we can't look past anybody. We can't count anything as an assumed win because we can go out there and beat a team handily like Michigan State, or you can go out there and beat Iowa, who looks like they could walk away with the West. And then you go and you drop a game to Illinois, which looks like you had in control. You go and drop a game to Northwestern where you're up 21 in the fourth quarter. You cannot count any game as an auto win for this Minnesota team. You can't. As much as I would love to, we have to go into Purdue and we have to get the win. You can't just say, yeah, Purdue is a game we should win. It is, but it's not a guaranteed victory. So the Gophers have to focus on the thing on a game-by-game basis. And with that, We need to see improvements, regardless of if we're only playing for a bowl game at this point. If we only need one more win to get in bowl contention and we see where we go, regardless of that happening, the coaching staff needs to show change. They need to show progress. They need to quit talking about changing their best and actually practice what they preach. Because there is zero reason that this team should be drastically different offensively from half one to half two, but it happens every single game. If the Gophers have a lead, we are playing protective. We are playing passive. We are playing conservative. That mindset, that always passive and conservative mindset when Minnesota has a lead in that second half, if PJ Fleck and co can't undo that stubbornness, it will ultimately be their downfall in their tenure with Minnesota. That's that it's not hard to say at this point because it's okay It's okay to keep your foot on the gas. It's okay to put up a lot of points. It is okay to be aggressive offensively and push the ball even with a lead. Because that conservative play on offense, yes, it has gotten us wins. It has gotten us progress. And I am very grateful for that. But at the same time, that approach is the reason we lost the Northwestern game. It's the reason why we lost that Illinois game. Plain and simple. Now, that's, again, not to say that the players couldn't have made some simple plays in those games to still ice them away and win them because we've seen firsthand that they can and they could have done that. But it is the passive mentality which allows conference teams to play us close, to hang around, and to create heartbreak. We have to quit playing scared and play to win if we... 
if we don't be risk averse, you, you can't be risk averse. You have to keep the rhythm going. You have to keep your players getting comfortable and making plays. Let your players thrive rather than be reserved and protect. Because it's not fun for the fans, but more importantly, it's not doing the winning of the divisions in the conferences. And that is what was stated of what we have as our goals, right? We've, we've seen the uptick in wins, and we're all grateful for that. But we want to see wins of divisions and conferences, and we've been on the verge. But it seems like that is the ceiling of that approach, on the verge. Close, but not close enough. So prove that you can change. Prove it for the rest of the season. There's nothing to lose now as it already sits. The season basically is already lost, so go be aggressive. Go prove you can do it because you're going to need to do it next year when Washington and Oregon and UCLA and USC all join and we no longer have divisions and the games get harder. You're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to get rid of protecting the lead. Get rid of being passive, being concerted. You got to get it going. So as we look to these final three games, you've got Purdue on the road. You should be able to win that game, but you have to go take it. Use this loss as fire. Go put up 35 points. Show you can do that on offense. Show you can play balanced across the run and the pass game and light up the scoreboard. Prove to fans and other programs that the offense can be for real. And it's not just, oh, we can get 20 points and we'll be in it. Then you got to go to Ohio State and you got to try to hang in there. You got to, and if you don't keep up with that team, if you don't try to keep putting the foot on the gas, keep trying to put points up, not play conservative there, you are going to lose that game like we lost the Michigan game. 52 to 10, 38 to 14. That is what a score will look like if we don't go out there and get aggressive. And then finally, Wisconsin. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care if Wisconsin lost to Indiana. I don't care if Wisconsin has had struggles. If Wisconsin could have lost to Illinois and all these other things. Wisconsin is going to play their best game of the season against Minnesota at Huntington Bank Stadium for the final week because they are ticked. They are rabid. They are pissed that they don't have the axe for back-to-back years. And they're going to come with everything they've got to get it. Braylon Allen, I bet you he'll push to be healthy for that Minnesota game to make sure that axe comes home because he doesn't want his tenure as a Wisconsin Badger to never have had the axe. Braden Locke might play his best game of the season with how our past defense just chooses to collapse at certain points. We have to get it going. You have to be able to lay it on. And what I had said about this Illinois game, it reminded me of the Wisconsin game last year, how Johnny Newton was out the first half, and like last year, Nick Herbig was out the first half. He comes back in the second half, and all of a sudden, the Badgers are gaining momentum, and it's a one-score game down to the wire. Now, we held on to that one, but flip flip the other way. Johnny Newton makes a huge difference against this team in the second half, keeps the offensive line on their heels, gives tons of pressure to our quarterback. Our offense absolutely changes and they come out with a victory because they kept it close enough. And then their backup quarterback did what had to be done. You have to stop being passive. You have to get aggressive, especially for these final three games to show what could be to show that you can actually change your best. So that's what we have to look forward to, hopefully, in these final three games. We'll see if it happens or if we see more of the same. 
Regardless, the Gophers have to get one more to con- to to find themselves in bowl contention. I'm hopeful that that can at least happen. But we're going to wrap this one up with some men's basketball talk. The season opener starts tonight. So what do you need to know as the Gophers take on Bethune-Cookman? We're going to talk about that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And it's why you 100% need to be over on LinkedIn Jobs because you have access to the best qualified candidates available. Anytime I'm looking for a job, the first place I would look is LinkedIn because I can easily filter through it all. I can see connections of the uh, networking connections that I have to certain places, maybe get a referral somewhere. So LinkedIn Jobs is always where I look. That's the go-to spot. And that's why you need to put your job on LinkedIn Jobs. And LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. On top of that, you get to put a purple hiring hashtag on your personal profile picture, and it helps others in your network suggest people for your position open as well. And you get things like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize interviewing them and a hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post for free over at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post about your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Gophers fans, we are talking about the men's basketball season opener, which happens tonight, and we're going to go through the guesses on the starting five, things to keep in mind, and a little bit about the opponent as well. Now, let's talk about that starting five at first. Now, if everybody's healthy, if everybody is going to have the availability to play tonight, then I think the starting five is going to be Hawkins, Carrington, Ola Joseph at the three, and then Payne Garcia as the two bigs. Now, Payne wasn't available for the exhibition game, so if he is not available again, we saw Isaiah Enan get the start. I wouldn't be surprised to see him or Parker Fox get that start if Payne isn't available. Then when you move into the things to keep in mind for this Gophers basketball team, the first thing for this first game of the season is that minutes, rotations, and player combinations will likely still be up in the air, be experimental until December. So we're probably going to be feeling some things out still. There might be some combinations that we saw in the exhibition game that carry over. There might be some completely new lineups that we start to see because they're trying to figure out what works best with this specific group. Now, the biggest question for me is who are the key scorers on a nightly basis aside from Dawson Garcia? Now, in the exhibition Isaiah or Isaiah Elijah Hawkins looked really nice. He looked like he was confident. He was shooting the ball. I think he was four of six from deep. He could enter that conversation. Joshua Joseph led the team in scoring in that game, but again, it was more athleticism against a team that maybe just really wasn't built to keep up with a guy like Joshua Joseph, but D three versus a D one. So we'll see how that looks on a nightly basis against better opponents. But those are two guys to definitely keep in mind in that area. I think Mike Mitchell Jr. will find some scoring spurts nights as well. But can this team shoot better from deep this season? They shot 38% in that exhibition game from three which is an improvement because last year they were absolutely terrible terrible in that category. So will the confidence and the consistency continue to be better in that department? If so, hopefully this Gophers team can win a few more games than what we've seen the last two seasons. Now, on top of that, you talk about the threes, but can they knock down their free throws? 
because please, Lord Almighty, let Minnesota be better in that department because they're free. They're free. And we should shoot better than 50% from the free throw line. Hopefully they're shooting closer to that 70% at the free throw line and keeping themselves in the ball game. But the, the, the thing to keep in mind, aside from the three-point shooting, aside from the free throws, is the, the pace that this offense plays with and how they swing the ball and how they keep the movement going. That is what this offense wants to be. So hopefully as they get into the Division One play as well, that they continue that movement. They don't abandon that movement. They keep it heavy, or a higher pace, and they keep the movement swinging from left to right, post touches, and keeping it going. Hopefully we see that tonight versus Bethune Cookman, but also hopefully we see it for the rest of the season. Now, how deep will this rotation go? Now, seeing as this game is a game that Minnesota should hopefully find a way to get a comfortable lead, I would expect Ben to go deep on the bench on this one. He mentioned he would love to get the younger guys playing in these earlier games and getting it feel for it and everything, but I would expect minutes from for Cam Christie, if he is healthy, he was out with an illness in the exhibition game, and Caden Betts, but it might be somewhat limited, and he'll likely warm them up into minutes. So right now, I'd say the core eight in rotation is Hawkins, Carrington, Ola Joseph, Payne, Garcia, and then your next three would be uh, Mike Mitchell, Parker Fox, and Isaiah Enan. But Cam Christie and Caden Betts may eventually work their way higher up into this rotation as they get comfortable. But from what I've heard about him, I would not be surprised if Cam Christie could play himself into a big role before we even get to Big Ten play in January. I think he is a threat as a scorer. He has a great mid-range game. He has a great pull-up, and I think that can be a weapon for this Gophers team. So if he starts to find confidence, if he starts to find consistency in finding that bucket, I think he's going to find more and more minutes in a bigger role on this team. Now, the Gophers, like I said, are playing Bethune-Cookman Wildcats tonight. Minnesota finished last season as the 222nd team in the net rankings, which is very bad for a Power 5 team. I'm looking for them to take a significant jump in that department. But of the net rankings, this Bethune-Cookman team, again, there's 363 teams in the net rankings. Bethune-Cookman was 349th in those same net rankings. So I think Minnesota has no excuses on not winning hopefully handily in this game. Now, Bethune-Cookman was 10-14 and 14 in quad four wins, whereas Minnesota won all of their quad four games last year uh, with a similar level of opponent. They were 5-0 and in that category. So this game needs to be a, a tune-up, a warm-up of sorts, and a confidence builder for the Gophers. This team, Bethune-Cookman, only has two freshmen, but they have a lot of sophomores on this roster and a few seniors sprinkled in there. So honestly, two or three players on this team have some size to them, but outside of that, it will see if Minnesota can use size to its advantage, especially when it comes to the strength department, and put this one away quickly and handily, or will they let this team hang around? That will be a first glimpse of what this Gophers team could be on the 2023-24 season. Hopefully, it's one that puts this thing away pretty early. Now, sophomore guard Zion Harmon is their best player for Bethune-Cookman. He was their leading scorer last year as a freshman with 13.7 points per game, 40% shooting on from field goals, and 33% from three. He also led the team in turnovers. He had 96 turnovers on the season and had more turnovers than assists, so the Gophers should be able to 
hopefully put him in positions to turn the ball over and get get it going on the other end. I would anticipate you see a lot of Braden Carrington on Zion Harmon on him defensively, especially with him having that challenge of wanting to be one of the best players defensively in the Big Ten and being able to guard the Terrence Shannons and the Boo Booies of the world. Well, if he wants to do that, <clears throat> I'm sure he'll want to take on this, this mission against Zion Harmon as well. And possibly maybe you'll even see some Josh Ola Joseph to give him fits with his length defensively. Now, my biggest question for this game is how is Will Payne be a go for this opener? And if so, who on Bethune-Cookman can handle him defensively? They've got a seven-foot center, 260 pounds in Elijah Hosui. And they've also got a 6'9", 230 center in James Henderson Jr. I'm not sure how fluid those players are when it comes to defensiveness. So maybe they could physically hang with Pharrell Payne. I'm not sure on that one, but if they can, do they also have the fluidness to defend a guy like Dawson Garcia? One of those two players should be a mismatch in this game and will likely see them take over in the scoring department. But Minnesota should win this game with no questions. And we will do a quick review of the game on tomorrow's show, though I will be missing the home opener tonight for a tradition with my wife to see the Celtics in person. I will record the game and dive into the details for y'all for sure tomorrow. And we'll dive into it and see what we learn on game one for Minnesota Golden Gophers boys basketball team. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any of this content moving forward. If you ever have any questions, Drop them in the comments below on YouTube so we can answer them on a future mailbag and all that stuff. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers, and don't forget to subscribe.